Hello and welcome yet to another episode of the podcast Pandemic Perspectives. In the last episode, we listened to Talia. So maybe actually you can give us a nice little summary of what <laughs> happened in the last in your conversation. Yes. So I think very briefly, um, together with Dr. Jacek, I talked about health diplomacy and vaccine diplomacy with mm -hmm. regard to Russia. And some of the main learnings um, from this is that There are certain trends currently in diplomacy to utilize vaccines and health issues as a matter um, of diplomacy, but it's very difficult to say how this will develop in the future. So if you're interested, definitely give the episode a listen. And we're going to stay in the realm of health. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the health sector during the pandemic in general. So how did it look like? And For this issue, Nicola has talked to Christine Stier, who is a medical expert and bariatric surgeon from Germany. So if you want to learn more about how a medical expert would perceive the pandemic and its effects on the health sector, then listen to this episode. Yes, I'm excited. Let's give it a listen. tuned in today. I warmly welcome everyone to today's podcast episode of Pandemic Perspectives. My name is Nicola and I will be hosting today's session. And yeah, within the last weeks, we have invited a variety of different people that have shared with us their perspectives on the COVID-19 pandemic, including human rights activists, scholars and employees in the health sector. However, a very important voice that we have not yet heard is that of the medical personnel, of those actually fighting at the front lines against the pandemic, those treating COVID-19 patients, and most importantly, those who experience the healthcare sector from within during such turbulent times. Now, in order to finally hear about such a perspective and understand how the story, the narrative that was constructed around COVID evolved until today, we have today Dr. Christina Stier with us, who is a bariatric surgeon currently running the first department for bariatric and surgical endoscopy at the St. Obesity Center in North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany. Mrs. Stier, we are very delighted to have you. Thank you for dedicating your time to us. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Um, so, Around January 22, the first COVID cases in Europe were detected. First of all, how was the medical severity of the COVID-19 virus portrayed at the beginning of the pandemic and compared to now? Thank you, Nicola. Thanks for having me. Um, I have to say at the beginning here, the officials seemed more than surprised by the SARS-CoV-2 virus and the COVID-19 disease was absolutely unknown. Really, during those early days, at the time before the global pandemic was declared, there was a hastily installed medical officers who held briefings, especially for the medical staff. This medical officer seemed to be hardly aware of the disease and following that, really the importance of their position. Maybe worth to be aware that there was no suitability check for these positions. I think the significance of COVID-19 was very much played down and mostly compared with the flu, which they said occurs anyways and as an annual wave without uh, special notice of the unaffected population. The medical significance of those countries were um, already affected from the virus and where the virus was ranging that, for example, as Italy or China, 
were simply classified as inferior by our medical officers, probably either with the intention to calming or even more likely being true to the official line. In my view, however, this was a completely wrong way to go because this view was often generally heard and desperately believed during these first weeks, thus really counteracting the following drastic measure. Of course, a lot of people continue to love to believe that this is not that bad since it was communicated this way at the beginning. Beside that severe and underestimated virus, uh, they did not know what would come due to the shortness of medical resources and masks. It was claimed as indisputable fact that masks would be useless. And under the threat of a warning in spring 2020, it was forbidden to wear masks at the floor, not only in our hospital. How ridiculous from today's point of view. Yeah, that's very true. Very interesting. So you're basically saying that that the whole story, so the narrative of COVID was kind of tailored around the limited capacities that we had at this time. Absolutely, absolutely. And against this background, how do you assess the preparedness of, let's say, the German government and of the health sector more generally? Yeah, very good question. Even though a similar, really a similar scenario of a pandemic with a coronavirus was already presented and outlined to the members of the German Bundestag in 2012, nobody really seemed to believe uh, that such a threat and uh, really still stand of the world could happen in reality. Otherwise, I think preparations would probably have been made for such a possible emergency. And for example, when a German mask dealer emailed the Ministry of Health in January, telling them that globally there is something weird going on with the intention to ask about the possibility or better said the necess necessity of withholding his FFP3 masks from delivery to elsewhere, he did not even receive a reply. And this is simply a shame from today's view. This is probably a good example um, of the presumed chaos and helplessness of the government in those days. Yes, I think that was indeed the impression of many, especially at the beginning of the crisis. And right. I can imagine that this downplaying by the government was not so well received by the medical world. So what was the mood then among the medical experts when the pandemic emerged as compared to, for example, political actors? I would say it was simply mixed. Many medical professionals also hoped um, that it was nothing more than a kind of flu. And those who dealt with the issue were afraid of what could come and how we would be able to manage the situation. But colleagues who warned that a medical catastrophe on the scale of the Middle Ages plagues uh, might be coming were often ridiculed and called insane. There was not much of support from officials in those early days. And what was the role of medical experts in the political crisis management during the pandemic? Like, did you feel that, expert, that experts' opinion and that of doctors specifically was taken into consideration? Uh, yeah, there, there were uh, virologists like uh, Professor Drosten, who was probably heard by the pol uh, political representatives from a relatively early stage on. And uh, he predicted the situation very accurately. Uh, but he was often treated as the barrier of bad news. And it's worth mentioning that he also received 
death threats for his for his opinion. Other scientists probably followed, um, hoped for news, tried to play down the situation. However, it then turned out to be a, a global pandemic of terrible proportions as we know today. However, it was not that easy to take an objective but more frightening position. And on the other hand, there were system loyal but unhelpful opinions on the other side. Truly and very obviously, COVID has spread fear and terror. And uh, already here, a certain split has emerged between the, uh, those who have clearly stated what will be and those who have played it down, I would say. Mm, yeah, that's certainly not an ideal team to approach a public health crisis with. Um, exactly. Yeah, we have also heard many voices recently which said that the pandemic was not a black swan event, meaning that we could have been much better prepared with the information that we already had, as you already mentioned. So in this light, what shortcomings of the health sector did the pandemic reveal? I would say they were simply not prepared for such a scenario. COVID-19 has clearly and, and really brutally exposed the deficits in the German health system, deficits that could have otherwise always be concealed. There was and is far too few stuff, especially on the intensive care units. The doctors and nurses have worked to the point of, of complete exhaustion. And this was, this was not only the case in Germany. Sometimes there was public clapping for consolation, then there were bonuses promised that were not paid out for ages, but all this did not help too much. I would say medical care was always taken for granted here in this industrialized country. And only with this disaster, it, it became clear that this is definitely not the case. Instead, here medicine is always viewed only in terms of economic profit and costs. Therefore, medical practitioners are often accused of exploiting and cheating the system. But medicine is not a further economic sector. Everyone has now become painfully aware of this. But I dare to doubt whether this would change anything in the future, to be honest. Mm, interesting. Thank you for these honest opinions. I think that's exactly why we have you here and where we're hearing your perspective today, because fighting this pandemic is certainly not the success story that governments always wish to tell. Right. And it simply shows us that we have to do better, especially in the healthcare arena. So how do you assess the international or global cooperation in finding medical treatments for the virus? This is a very good and very interesting question because in the beginning, doctors were also completely helpless with a disease whose extent they absolutely did not know, but they really have joined together, for example, via worldwide Facebook groups, which were called doctors only with the intention to share and to exchange the knowledge and really the painful experience they have gained. Of course, treatment concepts were also exchanged. For example, ventilation experiences, drugs, which were applied really in desperation, unknown symptoms beside pneumonia, like thrombosis, heart attacks, strokes, which patients group were particularly affected and so on. This really was a cohesion, a global united medical force I had never, really never experienced before. And it was very, very helpful. Um, but 
but by far did not always reach the medical establishment here. It still it saved lives and at least individually lives. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that platforms for medical knowledge sharing globally will become more of a thing in the future? Or do you think we're going back to the status quo after the pandemic? No, I think uh, it is impossible to imagine without it. This is now also happening, for example, with scientific works and, and uh, papers. And uh, that is also a good development uh, that will last because it is highly effective. I think this will last indeed. Okay, so do you believe that we will deal with pandemics then more frequently in the future? And then how can we, so hospitals and the government, better prepare for pandemics in the future and what measures need to be taken to do so? Um, I do think it's not unlikely that there could be another pandemic. An example for that is uh, in the past, the Spanish flu in 1918, which costs countless lives worldwide. However, I don't think it will hit us with high frequency. What is important now is a clear and factual analysis of the pandemic that we have gone through without trying to hide or to cover up mistakes that were made. A further point would be clear and honest communication about it. A significant example of this is the disaster in the ordering of vaccines in the European Union. The hesitation and negotiation over price has cost additional countless lives. Even though the far too sacred vaccines ordered may have been cheaper in the short side, it ended up costing many billions of euros more by prolonging the pandemic, which at least the taxpayer had to cover. National money flows must be uncovered as an example, not only like the mask fraud, but um, rather, where did the money end up for the vacant beds in the hospital or for the public swap centers, which obviously built far too much? There was and is zero control. Now, after recognizing the situation and its consequences, only desperate spending of money to cover up the early shortcomings and uh, all, that, uh, all the other misconducts that have been. Mm. Thank you. Seeing all these shortcomings the pandemic has revealed, a basic proposition of this podcast is that public and expert discourse, so what stories we tell about pandemics, matters a lot for how we respond to them. So in this context, how do we need to change the way we think and talk about pandemics to become better prepared? Honestly, I think transparency is the magic word. Unpopular truths must be spoken. And uh, political calculations such as the actual situation before an elections must, really must not play a role. It is about global health, which is a higher good than economic profit. And of course, it would be important to know where this virus actually came from, really. Yeah. And then in your opinion, what is the, the greatest lesson that we must learn from the pandemic? Mm. I only can repeat what I said already before. Health is a greater good than economic profit or political power, uh, especially with regard to the European Union and Germany. There, there is a desperate need to invest in healthcare and research to be better equipped and to deal with such horrible scenarios in the future, I would say. Mm -hmm. And 
Now, the final question that I would like to ask you, do you believe that medical experts and doctors will play a more prominent role in society in the future? Uh, this question I can answer with one sentence. I would love to hope so, but I clearly lack faith. Um, for this to happen, it, it um, would have to become clear how important medicine and, and the resulting treatments, I would say ultimately healthcare are. Healthcare is not granted at all and must be independent of political goals or economic profit. But this means definitely, definitely not without any control. Um, to reach that medicine must have a different status than, for example, uh, the so much favored car industry. As we have painfully learned, not everything is about money, even if an inordinate amount of money has been burned in this pandemic. And please allow me a final note. It would be certainly help and be better if the Ministry of Health were headed by a real objective medical doctor, scientist, and not a, a politician. However, based on the contemporary situation, there are actually also enough politicians among the medical profession. This is uh, my opinion. Okay, wow. Thank you so much, Christine, for your honesty. Uh, I think with the last advice, we will end today's podcast session of Pandemic Perspectives. I think that this reminds us again of how much we have to learn from this pandemic and that we have to change our stories as to enable this learning process, admitting mistakes, acknowledging complexity and realizing shortcomings. Thank you so much for your time and your intriguing insights. I think we have certainly gained a kind of a backstage impression today of how this pandemic was really experienced by the medical world. Thank you. Thanks for having me.